Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here on this frigid Friday evening. We want to start tonight with some fun news because we've got a lot to get to. We've got a special roundtable tonight to talk about some of the hot topics that have been taking place this week. We will get to this new Green Day with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But first, some fun and exciting news. Senator John Hovind was speaking with President Trump and then apparently this happened. Roll the tape. Well, the Bison football team, uh, another great year. This is the seventh national championship in eight years. And I was talking to the president about other issues, but I brought up our football team and how great they are. He's been to Fargo. He knows about the Bison. And so now he's invited them to the White House. He said, that's fantastic. They're a fantastic team. I'd love to host them at the White House. And so I talked to President Bashani, uh, president of NDSU, and uh, we're looking at March 4th or 5th, having the Bison football players and coaches uh, come on down and, and uh, be honored at the White House for their great year and, and the great program that they have. Can you say, get your horns up? I mean, that is so exciting. I think the NDSU Bison football team going to the White House to celebrate. They may even have Mickey D's and Wendy's there for the dinner <laughs> this time. So, all right, we want to get to some of the topics we want to get to with our special guest. Joining us tonight here live in studio from What's On Your Mind Radio, Mr. Scott Hennon. Great to see you, sir. Always nice to have you with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Also, North Dakota Young Republicans Policy Director, Raheem Williams. Pleasure to have you join us for the first time, Raheem. It's a pleasure being here, Chris. And then join us via Skype as well, as you can see there in the camera, Cindy Gomez-Shemp from a Mexican Crossing Lines host. She's got a great show on Facebook, on the radio as well. So, Cindy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me back. I want to get to this Green New Deal with you all. And before we do this, I want to set the table. This is thanks to Cindy. Many of you out there may not know this, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the one who sort of dropped this Green New Deal yesterday, actually was inspired to run for Congress, according to her. If we can bring this graphic up, please, guys. This is from a piece from 2019 from The Guardian, uh, if we can. It says, this is quoting now Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I first started considering running for Congress actually at Standing Rock in North Dakota. So this whole Green New Deal, this whole enigma, if you will, of AOC started right here in our home state. She went on to say it was really from that crucible of activism where I saw people putting their lives on the line for people they've never met and never known. When I saw that, I knew I had to do something more, like turn the United States into a socialist nation, apparently. Cindy, I want to start with you. I got to be honest, this Green New Deal, I mean, if you look at it, it's almost like the GOP wrote up a satirical piece to make fun of the far left. What say you about it? Well, I mean, it sounds good in theory. It's very lofty, but I don't know how much of it is actually plausible. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of good ideas, a lot of good policy comes from these lofty dreams. So in that way, it might be uh, an interesting roadmap for the future. But one of the things that I'm really concerned about in practice is how uh, people on the left are going about implementing their plans. And one thing that stuck out about this is that she said, as she cried and said that we're standing on native lands, that we need to look at the impact uh, of whatever infrastructure, uh, whatever kind of uh, energy policy we're working on, and we have to consult with Native American tribes and get their approval. And we saw how that went down here in North Dakota and what it looked like at Standing Rock. Um, it's very subversive, and frankly, it's kind of 
terrifying what that means in practice. Well, yeah, when you talk about saying, hey, we're going to have no more airplanes, no more air travel, they want to get rid of cow flatulence, so no more red meat. You're, you're chuckling. I, don't, I wanna... don't forget the solar-powered train uh, across the ocean. No more planes. You will not fly. In 11 years, you will take trains. Solar-powered. Are you going to have the first ticket for that one? Well, I'm glad you brought up the 11-year thing, because she said the world's going to end in 12, so thank goodness we've got this figured out. Go ahead, Raheem. I think, I think we'd uh, be doing ourselves a disfavor if we underestimate the power of a... Uh, how do you say this, stupid people in large groups. And I'm not saying she's stupid, but these ideas, they're a little bit uh, dreamy, to say the least. And with that being said, there's some good things in here. Uh, stuff as uh, afforestation. We have a, a lot of uh, federally owned lands where we can plant more trees on. That's pretty cheap to do. You can seed bomb. I don't want to throw the whole thing under there. I don't want to underestimate her. But with that being said, it's very clear that there's a bit of a resentment here in this plan towards the average North Dakotan and our and the uh, enterprises and, and industry we hold sacred and that fuel our state. It's disconnected from reality. Thank it's you. ridiculous. And you know what? We ought to thank her and thank all the, what now, four <laughs> presidential candidates have signed on to this already. They've signed on to it. Uh, here's the deal. That's and, and just so you know, I think Senator Klobuchar, who's going to announce Sunday, is about to send on to this thing as well. So, so she'd be five, and I think that's mm -hmm. at least three senators uh, that, that are for it. Uh, remember, no dapple was not about a concern over water at Standing Rock. No Dapple was a highly funded organization and entity that goes, you could trace back to Russia and other well-funded uh, means that wanted to end fossil fuel use. Their idea was keep it in the ground, okay? It's crazy. It would, it would absolutely destroy our economy. We wouldn't recognize America as, as it is now. And it, it does no surprise to me that this, her dream to run for Congress started there with these people, <laughs> and now she's forwarding an idea to end fossil fuels. I want to go to Cindy because you brought up something about, hey, look, Dapple, they say it was X, but it was really about why. Cindy, you've done an incredible amount of research on this. What say you to what Scott just said about, hey, they've tried to portray it as one thing, but it's really something else? He's absolutely right, but I would also add to that that, I mean, this uh, story that she gave us isn't actually the truth. Uh, she's funded by the Justice Democrats, and we know that that group originated with the Young Turks and Cenk Uger, and he has a lot to do with what happened out at Standing Rock, but it goes back even further to Occupy movements, and those are some of the groups that are now involving themselves in the border wall issue. So this extends much further than just a protest for, uh, against a pipeline or an energy policy. This is really um, a hijacking of the Democratic uh, Party. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, they want to make it a socialist nation. I look at this document, and I... I I chuckle as I read it because it just seems so far-fetched, but then I wonder, is this part of AOC? Let me, AOC using the art of the deal to go, hey, we're going to have food and jobs for everybody and free health care, and even if she gets some of that, does she end up being happy? I want to give you the last word on this because I'm going to move on to another topic. Well, first of all, I'm not willing to work, so I'd like her to pay me because it, it looks <laughs> like if I'm not willing to work, they'll pay us. But here's what I think. The, 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 they have been around for a long time. None of this is new. What's new is they don't just influence... Pelosi and Schumer, now they're running the show. This faction of the left is now in, in more control than they've ever been, and they're controlling 2020, which tells me Donald Trump will be elected for a second term. And I want to play a clip speaking about Donald Trump just because we have this thing lined up, because I remember when you we were on a while ago, Scott actually said, hey, I think if the Democrats win this House, this could bode well for President <laughs> Trump. So to give you some contrast, uh, producer Josh, if you got this, this is President Trump at the State of the Union regarding socialism. We are alarmed 
by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free, and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. I only want to play that saying that's going to be the fight in 2020 is are we going to go towards socialism or not? Scott, you almost had that Bernie Sanders face down. Pat, my friend, I want to move on to this. And Raheem, I want to go to you on this one. I want to talk about the situation in Virginia with Governor Northam, the blackface situation. Uh, it seems that this has now become almost ubiquitous in the conversation. Uh, I want to get your take on blackface as a whole. Should this gov governor resign, yes or no? I believe the governor should resign, mostly because he ran his campaign on being the whole racial diversity candidate. He, he, beat, he pounded into his GOP uh, opposition that this person is a racist. He literally showed a truck of, uh, of some, uh, I guess, redneck-like character running down children of color or something. Oh. So he went to the bank on race, and then he comes out standing next to people in Klan robes. It's absolutely absurd, and this is the hypocrisy we're used to. Well, we don't know that. that. I mean, that's the assertion, but he obviously said, hey, I take responsibility for this, and then the next day says, no, I guess I didn't, but I did it as Michael Jackson. Oh, and the flip-flopping, uh, as, as a, uh, and I hate to get into identity, but I can't help it here, as a black man originally from the South, those racial wounds are still fresh, and we're still healing from it. And the last thing people of color want to feel is feel they've been played and, and feel they've been tricked. And that's exactly what he's doing, and that's what he does. And I wish he would, he would be uh, man enough to step down. Everybody's called. The, congr the, the local black caucus there in Virginia has called for him to step down. Several uh, of, it, of Democratic leadership outside of Virginia has also called for him to step down. He just refuses to, and it shows that his ego is overcrowding the, um, the healing that the state needs to do at the As time. a black American man from the South, I want to give you a chance just to speak to the what blackface means to you as you talked about some of the wounds being healed from the standpoint that I talk to people in this community sometimes they're like, I don't really get it. Like people used to do that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you gotta understand the history of blackface. It is very, so, go so ahead. Sir. I'm happy you brought this up. A lot of people don't understand this. It's got Megyn Kelly in trouble, which I think she was just asking some, uh, you know, honest questions. A lot of people don't know. And what this comes from is a history basically during uh, the Jim Crow South uh, post reconstruction and even a little during slavery and theater white actors will play black people and they will caricature us as basically stupid monkeys. And that's exactly why it's offensive. We aren't characters to be impersonated and it kind of it kind of harkens back to those days. So it's something that you should just stay away from. It's not a good look. It's not something that you should should want to do. We aren't Halloween costumes where people just just like uh, just like you're a For person. someone that says, hey, though, I want to do this because I wanted to emulate someone who I admire, Michael Jackson, or I mean, what would be your response to that? My response to that is, I personally think you shouldn't go near it. Yeah. It's just that simple. I think we can understand the history. And Cindy, I'm going to get to you, but Scott's chomping at the bit. What do you want to say? You know, uh, I saw The Green Book last night. Uh, a great movie. I'd encourage people to go see. It's going to be up for, for the Oscars and, and really good. And you know, it, it is impossible for a white person to understand what a black person goes through in that era. That was set in the '60s in the Deep South. 
uh, you know, great uh, musical performer who was black who could perform at all these fancy clubs, but they wouldn't let him eat in the same club. Or they make him, you know, at one home he has to go out and use the, the uh, you know, the outhouse, not the, the, the restroom. It's just pathetic, awful. But I don't think it's, a, it's possible to say the governor of Virginia is a racist. I don't know. I can't see his heart. I can't see anybody's heart. I think this idea, this sport we have of going after people because they're racist because they did this, that, or the other thing, we don't know. I, I think the guy's a dope, mo mostly for his policy on, uh, on trying to defend the, you know, uh, aborting a baby at the ninth term. I think you're right to, to say that, hey, he, he campaigned as one thing and now he obviously is another, but I, I, I can't say he's a racist or not. I think that's a fair assessment. One of the things that jumped out to me that hasn't gotten a lot of conversation I want to get your take on, Raheem, is the fact that at one point he says, yeah, why, well, you know, I was talking to one of my colored people's friend. I'm thinking, it's 2019. I mean, you just don't use that term, That's, right? That is a very ancient way to refer to black people. Thank you. Okay, uh, I just, I, when I, I heard my... In, in addition, I want to I want to get to what Scott said. Is that is people change. That's something that we have to be open to. It was it was decades ago. That isn't necessarily an excuse, given how he ran his campaign to get the position in the first place. It's not a good excuse. But people do change, and I can't tell you what's in that man's heart, but I can tell you how he got his job, and he ought to be ashamed of himself. That's fair, C yeah. Cindy. I want to go to you and give you a chance to comment on the situation as a whole and just your take on it. Just uh, I wanted to respond to what he just said. Uh, I think that. There is a tendency for us to want that uh, some kind of retribution, especially because of the way that he ran his campaign. But um, to Scott's point, I think that, you know, another wrong doesn't make uh, things even. Uh, firing the governor, and I mean, there's a big shakeup in that state because the lieutenant governor might be on the line here, too, and the, uh, the, um, the uh, state's attorney might be on the line. So, or, I mean... We don't have to take everybody's job away to to teach people that this is inappropriate behavior. There are different ways of doing it. Very valid. I think that's why the Democrats have put themselves in such an awkward position because just before we went on the air here, the Washington Post reported now there's a second woman alleging a sexual assault against the lieutenant governor of Virginia. And if you remember what happened with Mr. Kavanaugh, it was, hey, believe the women, he's got to go. You haven't heard that same conversation now with Mr. Fairfax. Isn't that interesting? In Virginia. Yeah, amazing how that happens. Yeah, believer, believer, believer was what we heard over and over and over again during Kavanaugh. And now it's, well, it was consensual. It's, it's the hypocrisy is unbelievable. You can't make it up. Are, are, is anybody here really surprised by this, though? Like, no, that's, and that's the that's, saddest that's, thing. That's, that's common in the media, especially how uh, we learned the Washington Post buried the story, too, and didn't run with it initially. Um, I believe everybody should be heard. Uh, there is, I was reading somewhere that where the Democratic National Convention took place that year for the first accuser, there, the statute of limitations hasn't run out. So it'll be interesting to see if she actually pursues this in a court of law. And I think he well, should encourage it. He should want... If yes, he is innocent, no, he should you. want to go to court, and he should ask her to actually And if my memory serves me, this was 2004, so obviously much more contemporaneous than what happened with Mr. Kavanaugh. All right, last words for each one of you. I want to give each 30 seconds. Cindy, I'm going to start with you. Your takeaway from President Trump's State of the Union, which now seems like months ago, but it was a great speech, so your thoughts on it. Um, I think that one of the things that is most important is what he said about uh, letting people into the country and border security. If we look at what Mexico's doing, they are updating um, their border, their immigration policy. They want to make sure that they document every person, check their background, and make sure that their country is safe. And I don't think that that's wrong. I think that we should be trying to do the same thing that our neighbors are doing to the south. 
And I think that's one of the big takeaways from the State of the Union that I felt really positive about. Great stuff, Mr. Andrew. Uh Three things. One, I would say his achievements were well chronicled. And I think that's one thing. This president's never going to get a fair shake from the mainstream media. So he's got to do it when he has the spotlight. And he did a good job of ticking off his achievements. I thought his, his guests and the stories behind them were phenomenal. They were really, really good. He made the case again for the border. He really went through this. I mean, you can't do it. And most importantly, he drew out the idiocy on the left today. When you can't stand for the lowest black unemployment in the history of the United States as a Democrat that purports to be the savior for black people, what in the world is going on? I mean, it's unbelievable to me. That's two years in a row, too. Last words, sir, 30 seconds. Well, I think, I think the president did a great job. And more, most importantly, it was his warning about socialism. I don't think he spent enough time on it. I wish he would have. Because a lot of people in my generation hear socialism is bad. They hear it's bad. But it's not exactly explained to them. And that needs to be done more in the media. And there's this romanticized vision of it. Yes. And I think, I think the president's right to call it out. And I, and I think that was one of the strongest moments of his speech. And he didn't even do the speech in Russian, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy Gomez, Jeff, thank you so much again. Great show on Facebook. We've got Scott Hannon and Raheem Williams to both you. Thank, thank you, you, Jim so Acosta. Much. <laughs> nice having you. Russia, Russia, Russia. All right, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get to your points of view and much more. We'd love to know your thoughts. We heard there in this fantastic roundtable discussion. Please email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back. <laughs>